Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nurbrook Podcast. Today, I was speaking with the comics writer, producer, and fellow entertainment journalist, Dre Daniels, a.k.a. The Brute, here to promote the first part of his Trouble, the Rhythm Within comic series. Welcome, Dre. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you again for joining out, and I'm sorry, for reaching out and joining us today. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Dre Daniels in his own words? Oh, now that's that's a question. That's a question to behold. Wow. Um, well, I am lifelong comic fan. Um, the uh, elbow deep in nerd culture since I came out the womb. Um, um, I've been a writer for quite a few years, and also been a producer of comics and uh, YouTube for uh, and other types of media. Um, for a number of years as well um long time gamer like like, like, the, like the, the list goes on and on of nerd cred so um but yeah but uh i've always been uh um always started off as a fan first before i got into creation um family man um yeah that's that, that, that sounds about right i think that's that, that sums it up more or less well how long have you been doing the youtube uh content Okay, so um, back in 2016, I started YouTube content. Um, I, I was making a retro video game channel years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a, had a lot of fun doing it, going back, playing games from my childhood, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, N64, Sega Saturn, Dreamcast, blah, 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 all those, all those uh, ones I did like commentary. Um, over um, my retro reviews and a lot of people enjoyed how I was doing it and stuff like that I'm like hey you know what maybe I should get into more voiceover stuff or whatever but um, so like I started doing a little voice work um, for like uh, serious XM commercials and stuff like that oh, wow. um, which was you know that was okay mm-hmm. um, it, uh, it didn't really boom into a career um, as it were, it was like a couple one-offs here and there. Um, but at the time, like I stopped doing YouTube for a while because I was um, focusing on other things, life, blah, 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 blah. So when I was writing, com- I was always, always been writing comics, but I would finally decide to, hey, I'm gonna take it seriously and start actually producing them myself. Um, because uh, if you're trying to rely on uh the big boys to get you signed it's it's a you know that's an uphill battle so i was like hey you know what i'm gonna write it produce it direct it i'm gonna do it all myself i do it all myself except for the art because i'm all thumbs so (laughs) it's not it's not gonna do me any good um so but while i was producing comics and everything um and my uh trouble rhythm within started taking off the first issue um did pretty well the second issue did well too um other creators started reaching out to me like hey what should i do what can i do what can i you know, do more. I want to grow. I want to expand my audience and stuff like that. And I was like, like, man, I used to run YouTube back in the day. Oh, let me do that again. And I was like, so I was like, hey, I'm gonna bring YouTube back and I'm gonna have a segment for myself, which I call the brutal rants, which I just talk about something that's in the media or, or like in comics or a movie or cartoons and talk about like how much I liked it or disliked it and I, I just <laughs> go all in on that and then I have a segment called the indie corner um which I do interviews with my fellow um independent comic creators and then share their work they get a just like just like how you're doing here um they get an opportunity to sit back and talk about their work and all the things that they're working on the the kickstarters that they're trying to produce or indiegogo or or in anything that they're just trying to get into um a different space and I, and I enjoy that I enjoy you know um, creating a platform for my, uh, you know, my fellow colleagues. Um, so I think uh, that's when I really started getting back into YouTube and doing it again. Um, because uh, uh, me, I I grew up like as most fans, uh, most fans, <laughs> most folks fans of the big two, Marvel, DC, and to an extension, Dark Horse and Image. Um, but some like, they've been lacking a lot uh, recently in as far as quality of their stories and things like that. And and I believe that this is a time for independent uh, comic writers and producers to step their game up and to show that, you know, the buying customer, like, hey, we can produce too. We can create really cool stories as well. Um, so come and like, come check us out. So I, that's when I was like, hey, this is definitely something that's needed for um, the independent scene. So I was like, yeah, let me get back into, 
YouTube. Yeah, I think it's interesting when I do these interviews to hear how how people got back into um, what they're currently working on because they were working on it before, like a long time ago, and then they put it to the side because, like you said, life happened or they developed other interests, something that can give them probably more immediate results than what they were working on before. And it's just how how things happen, how timing happens a lot of times too, because I'm very impatient. So I'm trying to practice more patience and just letting life happen. Uh, hap happen I should say so and just to pretty much just go with what works for me in my life at that time and I can always come back to it so it's really interesting how you were working on it as something else before the YouTube was more into retro gaming and then you put that to the side because it wasn't really doing anything for you and then you went into another interest that you had which was comics which you probably put on the back burner because of something else and then because of your interest in comics and trying to develop that more it got you back into youtube which now has expanded from not only the gaming and the rants that you have but now interviewing other people which also helps expand um oh i should say promote your youtube page which you weren't getting before exactly it's interesting exactly it's it's (laughs) fun it's funny how things work it's really funny because you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this forever. Wait, no, I'm not. Oh, wait, I'm gonna do this forever. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. And it's just like, like, oh, this is important now, but oh, wait, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about like, uh, like you mentioned, mentioned patience. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a virtue <laughs> for sure uh, because it takes time to, uh, especially if you're looking for instant gratification. Mm, that might not be the move you know but um but if you're there for if it's a passion like if it's a passion um that's where the endurance of it comes in uh and the uh, um that you have the wherewithal to just keep pushing forward because being an independent comic creator um it's not easy it's it's always been a grind it's going to be a grind until the end of time mm-hmm. but if you're doing something that you love, doing something that you love and that you're passionate about, um, you'll keep pushing through. And that's the thing. Like, I've always been passionate about my work, um, my comic work or other things. I've always been passionate about it. So I'm just like, hey, I don't think I'm going to become Jay-Z overnight, you know, but um, I'm going to, you know, put forth a strong effort to, if I can make a full-time career out of it, sure. Am I at the point right now? Can I make full-time career out of it? No. But it bring, brings a little bit of bacon here and there so i can't can't be upset if anybody's willing to pay for my insanity you know i'm i'm always i'm always going to be on board and i'm always um eternally grateful um for those that are fans of my work or fans of my comics and um you know but for those that are just trying to start out i'm like hey be passionate don't give up don't quit like if this is something that you love to do just do it um you know, you'll never know what might shake out of the tree. You might get the golden apple, might just fall right out. But yeah, but uh-huh. if it's a passion, go for it. Yeah, I always tell people, you, um, especially those who like are constantly posting, you never know who's watching, even though they may not like the stuff outright um, or they may not try to get in communication with you or anything like that. Somebody is always, is always watching, especially when I get requests for interviews from people that I didn't even know they followed me or I didn't even know they knew I existed, but they're like, oh, we've been following you for a while. I was like, oh, I've never heard of you before, but thank you, I appreciate it. So <laughs> yeah, just to, to add on to that. But um, what is Trouble the Rhythm Within about? Okay, I, it's, that's actually my favorite question that anyone <laughs> has ever asked me ever. I love, I love it when people ask me that question. So this story is an action adventure musical um, which is fundamentally based on my character, who is named Zamir Green. He gets infected by a water-based virus, um, which only affects people with O-negative blood. And those with O-negative blood get special abilities. And the special ability that he ends up getting is that he gets a different superpower based on the genre of music he listens to. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um so he is um a, um a high school student slash dj 
um and after uh, and his stage name is dj treble and uh so after um he absorbed he, he's at this party he ends up djing this party little, little do you know that he was infected by the virus and he absorbed all of the sound waves from the dj booth and so after the absorption then he starts getting these abilities now how these abilities were i created them was based off of the emotional psychological and social responses to music based on um scientific studies and things like that um so like uh, if he's listening to rock music um most folks um equate rock music with aggression or intensity and so he gets adrenaline spikes and super strength and um i like colors so he, I, I add a glow to his hands mm -hmm. and the glow to his hands will be red when he listens to rock music um, um when he listens to hip-hop music when most people think of hip-hop, they think of somebody that's tough, somebody that's hard, somebody that's a gangster. He gets armor. He gets armor. Uh, when he listens to classical music, most people think of, um, um, when you think, like, we, like when we were growing up, you always said, hey, have your baby listen to Beethoven and listen to Brahm because he'll be smarter when he grows up because he's listening to his music. So I take that ideology and imp import it here. Like in this one, when you listen to classical music, his he has increased intelligence and also i i i like the I, I liked the leader from the incredible hulk um who has the really large head uh -huh. uh, so um he uh his head extends a bit and he has like veins that pop up on his head and his hands um glow green um because that's a it's a jade color it's a um a reverential color um that people can equate with like uh, um emeralds and stuff like that like high mm -hmm. society type thing so like so i took all those ideas and just try to mesh it into one um and throughout this adventure um through the, the rhythm within the whole adventure is basically who is the one that poisoned the water so like, like how like so who turned washington dc i'm from washington dc let me uh forget about that but i'm from washington dc so the whole story takes place in the city mm -hmm. and because it's a dense enough population and it's not a it's not like billions and billions of people oh at one spot it's a pretty small city yeah um, and when you look at the charts of who has what blood type in our city um mostly it's um usually it's uh a's and b's or a b positives and things but o mm -hmm. negative is actually very rare in our city um so i was like hey that's the blood type i'm going to use and um and, and it and it worked out pretty well um but the whole thing is like hey like there's music it's a it's a musical um i wrote original lyrics um for when he's listening to certain songs so that everybody can know what kind of music he's listening to and then we have the color shades so you can like oh that's the oh that's the ability using that's the ability he's using so and i and i go i go through quite a spectrum of different genres of music um and then his rogues gallery um the villains um are also individuals from the city that happen to be infected by the same virus and so it's so it gets really interesting um it's it's not really some folks kind of think like it's a coming of age story not really um it's mostly just action adventure and um the hero's journey um so mm -hmm. the, that that this arc is about the hero's journey of a kid that just wants to hang out to becoming a hero uh and to becoming um basically um the poster boy for the city um going from zero to hero as it were um so it was a lot of fun um to write um at this point i have uh produced six it's gonna be an eight-part series it's an eight-part series right now i've produced six and number six actually drops on april 8th which the point of this recording is tomorrow um that will be dropping tomorrow so i'm excited about that um so um and it's getting to the the really nitty-gritty of the story uh so like the first uh first two is like our introduction and how we we get to know our characters and then we have an incident that happens in our first attempt at heroism where he fails then we get introduced to our one of our big bads which which honestly was my favorite character to write i love villains i'm a <laughs> villain guy um our big bad um named shark bait um who is a tribute to the um 
uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon. I don't know if you ever seen it or heard of it. That just from like mm-hmm. the 40s, 50s. It is a tribute to the Creature of Black Lagoon, but he's a monster. He's a man-made monster that doesn't want to be a monster. So I kind of got a little, like I, I grew up watching a lot of the like Frankenstein and Wolfman and stuff like that, like like creatures that are supposed to be monstrous beings, but at the same time, they're just people that need help. And yeah. I kind of craft him around that idea that like, hey, I'm just a dude trying to get help, but I look like a freak. I look like a monster. And now people treat me that way or the, this lab that that's said they were going to help me, but they just want to use me as a weapon, all that stuff. And then things culminate to the point that this individual has to then become the monster that he looks like. And it, it's really sad and it's really heartbreaking um, how that whole little arc plays out. Um, but I really liked writing him. He's, he's definitely the, my favorite character. Um, it, it's, it's really good. And, and I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of being placed in a bubble and being like, hey, you are this because you look this way, or you, or, or we put you in this predicament. Um, and but then sometimes you snap and you become what people always assume that you are. Um, so I really like that arc. I really like that. Um, but the entire arc, the whole entire rhythm within arc is it, it, this is pretty much. I, I like to just put it in Star Wars language. That's just me. This is my. A New Hope. Okay. This is my A New Hope. My next series, which I'm writing right now, is going to be my Empire Strikes Back. And then the third one is my Return of the Jedi. And that's kind of like how I do it. So it's like the intro is like, oh, we, we have some fun. We have a lot of this. We see our hero grow. The second one, our hero is taking a lot of L's and, <laughs> and over his head. And we're introducing even bigger bad threats. And he's going to be at his lowest point at the end of it all and then the third one is going to be redemption like oh oh man he's able to overcome and turn things around so that's pretty much how i got this whole pretty much trouble anthology (laughs) worked out as of right now Mm -hmm. okay so i have two questions okay with um zamir's i guess abilities that he gets are these more of like defensive abilities in a way? Because you say like um, with the rock music, he gets kind of ag- aggressive and agitated. Mm-hmm. But then when he listens to um, hip hop, he gets armor, right? Yes. And then when he listens to classical music, he I guess it increases his um, his I guess mental capacity in yeah, a way sure. to learn stuff, right? So. Is it like a mix of both? Like how does, I guess we'll see, we'll read how he learns how to, I guess, manage um, yeah. each ability in a way. Cause like with armor, I was like, okay, he's defending himself against something. But then with the rock music, he's getting agitated and aggressive and it's like, oh, so it's offensive. So so it's like a mix, it's a mix. Uh-huh. So um, an excellent question, by the way, excellent question. Um, how I designed, the um, abilities in that regard is that they will be able to be interchangeable Um, and he would have to as he learns how to use his abilities learn which one comes into play when Um, there's gonna there's gonna be a moment in um, when he first tries to be engaged in heroism he makes the wrong call he makes the wrong call and uses the wrong ability and almost gets himself killed it's um it basically some are offensive and some are defensive but they're all interchangeable at 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 a certain moment like um let's just let's just take something random let's just say somebody's shooting at him of course i need armor so i'm a listen to rock music rock music using the hip-hop i get my uh my armor defense makes me bulletproof um let's say a building is collapsing the armor is going to give him a little bit of a strength increase, but not enough to actually grab anything. So I'm like, oh, I got to listen to rock music. I, I need strength so I can hold this thing up so it doesn't collapse or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I, I like to use the intelligence one as a uh, problem solver situation. Mm-hmm. It's a problem solver as, as in, hey, I don't know how to figure this out. 
let me listen to classical music and let me increase my intelligence and try to figure out a good plan in order to then use a different ability or what have you to um, find success. Um, and then there's a couple other abilities in there as well. Um, but yes, but some are offensive, some are defensive, um, but it's all about learning and growing and changing. And like throughout the arc, um, he starts to learn how to just switch, 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 switch. And it's a really important, uh, uh, I believe it was in the middle, middle of the arc, either issue three or four, where he actually has to get training. Uh, he actually has to get training to, in, to control his abilities. Um, because like in every good story arc, you need the wise old sage uh, to give you a helping hand um, because he's young. He's young, he's impulsive, he really doesn't know what he's doing, but after his major major failure, when he almost uh, loses his life, one of his confidants, one of his good friends is like, look, if you're going to go out and try to do this thing, you're going to need some training, because you suck, you're going you're gonna to get yourself killed or get other people killed, and then he seeks out um, a, a grandmaster to teach him how to control himself mentally. Because the physical aspect is already going to be there. He's young, he's spry, he has these powers, but he's up here. He has to learn how to control the music within him. Because there's an issue, I'll share it with you here. There's an issue that he has where every time he listens to music, he transforms early on. That means he could be walking down the street and then somebody's bumping something out, <laughs> out of their window and, and then he starts transforming. That's, there's no way that's going to work out. So he has to learn how to tune in and out sounds that he does not want to affect his mind so that he can be able to change when he wants to. Because if I'm just at a party and I was partying with my friends and then music changed, now I'm freaking out and transforming, it's not going to work. But that type of training was exactly what's necessary so he can get over the hump and be able to actually be useful instead of just transforming all willy-nilly well i think what would would be interesting and i don't want to like ruin it or put a um i guess put a bug in your ear too much Go about it. but um i'm thinking eventually his enemies are going to catch on so say like he's for whatever reason he's deafened Right. Okay. So what he would have to, I guess, when you said something about sound waves, you know, people who are hearing impaired, the way that they can listen to music is if they they listen to it based off of the sound waves or like mm -hmm. the, I guess, the intensity of it in a way. So I think that would be really cool that he can still get like the rhythm of it and figure out what it is that he needs in order to gain access to that power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then um, when you say him tuning it in and out. I think it'd be interesting if he can just like um, replicate the sound in his head instead of mm -hmm. actually listening to it. I think that'd be interesting too. So I don't know if you've already explored that or if you maybe want to. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Oh, this this is what I would say. I believe you stole my notes somewhere. Like you stole <laughs> my notes. Because actually, no, it's that's fine. That's fine. No, no I'm glad I, I'm glad that you picked up on that idea and that type of savviness um, because in a further arc, I am going to create a character that manipulates sound in an area so that he cannot transform. Um, that of course learns how to, that now, now once you, what you just said is spot on. What you just said is spot on because through his training in our first story arc, he has to learn that music isn't once transforming him. That's simply the key that unlocks the door. Uh -huh. The powers are coming from, according as the title, within. That's <laughs> it comes from within. But music is a one that is the thing that unlocks the door. So in this uh, further, you got my notes. I don't know how you got my hands on my notes, but then somehow he's gonna have to find a way to tap into his inner power without literally having the key to open the door. But yes, you're you're absolutely spot on. Um, you, you impress me. You, you, you impress me. I, I, you're very spot on. And it, like, I think you're the only person to actually question that. You're the only one to question it, which I am impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. 
for me as a I, I also do my own urban fantasy writing so you oh, have sure. to kind of explore those like plot holes or something you have this ability okay what happens when you don't have it anymore right yeah. and also I'm just starting as a game master so my okay. players want to do this D, like D&D &D? like, yeah like, like D&D &D. I just started okay. D&D 5th edition and um so my characters want to do this and they want to do that okay so what happens when you can't do it anymore what's going to happen then so I'm always thinking you want to do this okay what happens again what happens if you can't do it anymore how are you going to get around that problem so that's just from from my perspective I like that I like that no and that's the look and that's the type of um forward thinking that I I love I, I love that type of forward thinking when it comes to story arcs and things like that. Um, like it's been done, like that type of idea has been done a thousand times, but it's necessary to show the depth of your character um, because now we've gotten to know all the things you can do. Like, like let's take something simple like Superman, for instance. Um, if you put him in a red sun, all his powers are gone. So now you're going to, now, now Superman has to literally figure out a way to win without using his abilities because that's what makes it interesting um like there was one when daredevil actually loses his hearing oops you know <laughs> like now you gotta figure something else out it it's very 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 important to show especially to our aud audiences um trials and tribulations trials and tribulations of our characters be like okay let's take something away from him. let's see what he, let's see what he got now so because now that also um brings in more investment uh, into the character because now let's say we've we've seen him do all these cool amazing things and you know get out by the skin of his teeth or what have you but now it's like okay help me get more invested into this guy help me like him more or dislike him more if he's a heel why not um and it's really 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 important to have those type of uh, uh those type of trials uh to really show the audience and because and it's more relatable too as well because like there's certain times in our life when we lose things or or certain things that's just not going our way or something outside of our control um that then we got to figure out another way around we have to figure out an alternative like if your car breaks down today and you got to get somewhere in 25 minutes you can't sprout wings and fly but you better call a uber you know <laughs> you always got to find a way around things but that's an excellent question excellent question thank you so very much oh you're welcome <laughs> and um my second one is since you wrote original lyrics in in the comic for Zamir, um, are you thinking about maybe um, commissioning a composer or doing your own music? Because that's a thing a lot of people are starting to get into, where they they attach music to the comic book to help, I guess, sell it more instead of selling it separately in a way. So, is this something maybe you're thinking about doing? Yes. So it is something I'm thinking about. I, I've been in touch with a couple of my, uh, uh, one of my friends uh, that works in the comic industry and music industry as well. Um, I've, I've spoken with him a couple of times about it. Um, I haven't pushed forward anything um, uh, concrete. That's the right word. Concrete um, as of right now, um, because I'm actually going to try to work with a composer. Like I have a friend of mine as a composer to just, well, one thing, well, to make theme music for each one of the types of songs um because i'm a big theme music guy um so so um because funny story funny story when i first started writing the these arcs um, a buddy of mine was like hey you should write this as a screenplay and maybe pitch it to what was, what was around the time i think only netflix was around the time or whatever They're like hey maybe you should write this as a screenplay and pitch it to netflix or something i said hey that's a good idea I am going to do that. So I did write my comic series as a screenplay and I still have the screenplay version of it. And I, and I, and I, and I sat there and I was like, Hey, look, since I am writing lyrics and all this other stuff like that, I said, yo, I got, I, I got to make music to this thing. I got to, I got to put some, I got to put some tracks to this. I got to, I got to get my Wale on and get this junk, get this junk cracking up in here. So, so I started, um, um, writing um how many pages did i write maybe one or two pages maybe one or two pages of um of musical lyrics i can't write music uh i used to play guitar years ago but i can't write music at all i might as well just put my thumbprint on it and just hope and pray that something comes from it um but yeah but um 
it was definitely something that's been rattling around in my mind to actually actually get done um more than likely once i finish producing um this arc once this arc is done i'm hoping maybe by year's end this arc is complete um and when i'm making the full graphic novel uh version of it to start producing the music um that would um be its uh be accompanying it um because i think it's i think it's really i i, I really like this idea that I, I, that was really fun that it's a musical um instead of just having that music in your head you know it's <laughs> like you can actually have something to listen to um along when uh uh when you're reading it or experiencing it or have like a maybe a, like a mixtape you know like five tracks or something like that nothing too crazy um but like a mixtape to go along with it i think that would be really a really really fun idea um but i'm gonna hold off until all this production is done um so that i'll have one thing done before jumping into yet another project uh but yeah but it's it's definitely um it's definitely in the works for sure yeah i think a mixtape will be good and you do maybe like for each part once the arc is completely finished it would be a track for each part so it's like we said it was like eight parts it's gonna be eight yeah it's gonna eight be eight parts so yeah it'd be eight tracks and then you do like a mock-up of what the cd would look like what the cassette would look like what a vinyl would look like or even like um zamir's um promotional poster what that would look like mm, well so maybe something those could be like rewards if you ever decide to do a kickstarter i don't know that's if you ever a really that. good idea <laughs> that's a real i didn't think about that that's a good idea yeah, i mean i i okay so a little bit about me i went to school for graphic design and um i designed a um mock-up cd for wale and okay. it was all red lettering with a yellow background um it was for i think it was for the album the album about nothing okay right um and that gave me i got like an a on it and everybody really liked Jeez. it and i thought that and i i get that the cd everything was exactly the same it was the cover art the back of it with all the tracks on it and then the cd that matched with it so that's where i got the idea from i was like oh that'd be interesting this is what it would look like in a poster of him. Maybe you can do like, this would probably be, I don't, I don't know what your budget looks like, but maybe a little animation, like maybe a 15 second animation you can put up on Instagram of some of the, like maybe one of the tracks playing in the background while Zamir is DJing and people are dancing, just something small. Again, I don't know how much something like that would cost. I'm pretty much pretty sure it would cost a lot of money, but I think that'd be interesting to go along with it, especially maybe towards the end or again if you're looking to do a Kickstarter. Yeah, that's a really good idea. <laughs> My goodness. So okay, so let me flip it just for a hot second. So you went to school for design. Are you still are you still in design still? Are you yeah, still I mean, I do all of the promotional stuff for Solar Nerfer. So I did the logo, I do all the thumbnails. Um, anything design-wise, if you see, is it's pretty much me. I've done all of it. Um, I didn't do my book covers, um, but like I'm very big into like having my input on it. Like I try to give the artist freedom, but mm. I try to be involved as much as possible. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just went to school for graphic design. Um, I couldn't get a job in graphic design, but I'm still, in a way, I'm still, uh, my thing when people would ask, for your new year's resolution every year was to live a creative life in hey. some way shape form so whether it was in drawing um or uh, i used to do portraits for people Sweet. um it'd be in graphic design it'd be whatever writing and then i started taking my writing more seriously and i published two self-published two books right mm -hmm. and i'm trying to get the third one done by the end of the year hopefully um are these graphic novel books or oh or? no this is my urban fantasy okay books. ah, ah okay um okay. so here's this one if you can see it okay and then here's this one here those are really nice thank you so it's just living a creative life and then getting into this the podcasting stuff mm -hmm. um yeah it's like i said just living a creative life in some way and i don't as creators i don't think it's more about um it's not much 
so nowadays about creating work and beautiful work or entertainment for people I think a lot of it now is creating solutions in a way or um, plugging in holes for people like say you spoke earlier about how like D- uh, Marvel and DC aren't their work isn't up to par like it used to be in a way but now you have the indie comics people coming in indie illustrators whoever may be coming in and filling in those holes for um with content that a lot of I feel like a lot of audience members want from those big people but aren't getting it in a way Mm -hmm. so that's what I feel like that's where we kind of fit in we're here to solve problems and again Mm -hmm. like you said how with Zamir um when he can't use when he can't be physically involved in anything he has to use his mental to kind of problem solve things and you try to illustrate trials and tribulations Whereas the reader, you know, maybe going to do something in their life and they can't go about solving it in the conventional way. They have to go about it another way. So this could be an example for them. Again, through your art, through your words and through that illustrative um, images, we are showing or you are showing the reader how to um, solve their problems in a non-conventional way. So... That's just no, that's perfect. That's are. perfect. Put a stamp on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I and I agree. I I, I agree wholeheartedly, um, because problem solving is life. Yeah. Problem solving is life because every day has a different challenge. Something else is being thrown your way, whether you saw it coming or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to find a way to adjust accordingly. Absolutely, that's spot on. That's spot on. Um, I think you've pretty much touched on it, but could you elaborate a little, just a little bit more on your creative process on sure. trouble, the rhythm within, I guess, as a whole. So this was a thought in your head to now working on it. Like, so, okay, it's a thought in my head. How am I going to do it? Like I can write it, but I can't draw any of this. Okay. I got an artist. So how am I going to go about trying to, to um, express to them how I want this to be done. Okay, now it's done. Now I have to go out and promote it. So okay, okay, okay. All right. So this idea of a character getting different superpowers based on music, I came up with in high school, decades ago. Yeah, I came up with in high school, and but um, at the time I wasn't focusing on that. Whatever. Um, years later. Years later, I, me and my coworker are sitting in our cubicle, and and he, and I was like, I said, man, well, a long time ago, I had this idea about this guy make music, you know, all the powers and all this stuff. He was like, yo, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, I'm like, oh, word, word. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I, so I just started this like me. I went straight to Excel spreadsheet. Okay, I'm that guy. I'm 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 Capitan OCD. Okay, so I'm like, I gotta have it all worked out. So I was like, okay, what kind of, what kind of name would I have? What I name this guy? I was like, I said, I don't want to name something basic like Mike or Bob or Jim. I was like, hey, let's look up. I see. I went back to Greek. I was like, let me find some cool Greek names because, like, I used to talk um, all the time. Like, if I ever had a son, his name would be Themistocles, and all will kneel before him. You know, all that cool stuff. Well, I went back and I found a word. That meant songbird, which in English is Zamir. So I was like, hey, that's a cool name. I said, let's use that. And I said, I'm going to take my mother's maiden name and give him his last name. So his name is Zamir Green. So I was like, hey, there it is. Boom. Good start. I was like, but now I need a good supporting cast. I, I want I, I want people. Um, and I was heavily influenced by my own environment. I lived in Washington, D.C. for decades and decades and decades so i was like hey and the characters start reflecting the people that i grew up with the people that i um um, hung out with and stuff like that so then i was like hey i want to represent this character or 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 a bunch of different people in this one character and i said he's going to be the voice of reason he's going to be the one who's always trying to keep zamir on a straight line and i'll have another one that's that's like hey just go for it let's let's just figure something out let's try to be heroes let's make things awesome so I went through all that. So Excel spreadsheets, 
So I got character bios out the wazoo uh, with character spreadsheets. So then I was like, okay, I got all my characters done. I was like, okay, powers. I need another spreadsheet. I need another spreadsheet. So I make another one and break down, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. So I got all the powers written down. I was like, okay, how are we getting this thing started? <laughs> how do we get this thing started? And so um, when I was growing up, um, uh, there was uh, there's there, <laughs> there was this uh, disease called mad cow disease. I don't know, I don't know if you remember it. It was I don't know if you're around them. It was mad cow disease. And I remember when I was young, when I was teenager, I was like, man, that's the funniest sounding disease I've ever heard. But I but I, I never knew where it came from when I was a kid. I was a teenager, whatever. I was, I was like, I was like, I don't know where it came from, and I don't know why these cows are so mad, but I think that's funny. So I was like, hey, what if I commit came up with a virus? What if I came up with a sickness? But I know where it comes from, and I can make that the catalyst to start my story. And I took influence from that uh, from that from that idea of mad cow disease and static shock. I don't know if you. Uh, familiar with the whole origins of it but the whole bang babies and all that all that cool stuff with the um, uh, at the, the the nuclear waste place and then the gas cloud and infected a bunch of people so i took that idea i was like hey well, i said i said let me make a water-based virus because in washington dc we have a huge water treatment plant um right on 395 which everybody passes and everybody wants to close their nose it smells like garbage so i was like hey i'm gonna have somebody infect the water treatment plant with a mutagen and so because no one's going to suspect that anything's wrong or smell anything wrong because it smells gross anyway so nobody would suspect the thing so i went there i said that's perfect perfect i said now what kind of effect is going to have i'm gonna have them have like body chills like like general cold stuff so people won't think it's out of the out of the ordinary um so i took that i said okay cool but now we can build this we're gonna give them this blood type, all this stuff. So I, I wrote the, the whole first draft, revised it at least 300,000 times. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. I can't draw. <laughs> I can't draw at all. I got to find an artist that for me, I wanted an American manga style art. And that's what I was aiming for because there's classical, um, there's um, traditional, like when you see like Superman or whatever the case may be. I said, but that's... That's not really the angle I'm going for. I'm not looking for big muscle bound. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for normal people, normal looking people. And if you look at like manga, a lot of them are normal people, but they have super Saiyan abilities all the time. But I was like, hey, I got to find an artist that can mirror that style. And so I put it out on um, this site called Z-Wall, Z-W-O-L, uh, English is hard, Z-W-O-L. And I was, and a couple of people said, I said, Hey, here's a sample, send it to me. Like what you got and everything. And then I struck gold with my partner and now uh, very good friend now, um, Federico Corsini. Like he's one of the best artists in the game. And, and he was like, Hey, I want to, I want to take a crack at your, uh, at your action sequence that you wrote together. So I put together, like a, I wrote together, a, like an action sequence, I sent it his way and it was beautiful. I was like, you're hired, good sir. You're hired, good sir. And one thing he had brought out to me, he said, he said Dre, I didn't ever have to think about what it looked like because of how you described it. Um, because me, I am a very descriptive individual. And I and like I like I I used to go to drama school and stuff like that. And I am all about direction. Because if there's direction, it takes away guesswork. For instance, if I was looking at you and I was going to write it regularly, I was like, like, Kez Gardner, she is sitting there with her hand on her, on her neck and her hair, tiny braids, background, there's a door and monitors. That's traditional. Me, this is me. Kez Gardner is sitting in the midground of the panel. Her left hand is placed directly on her neck, slightly under her chin. Her glasses have drooped just ever so slightly right at the nose bridge. Her twists are about medium height and come to about ear length. In the midground, 
of the background. The center, there are two monitors. Right behind it are two doors. And that's how I, would, I, that's how I described every single panel. Uh, and oh. that's how, yeah, that's how I broke down every single panel because, because if you leave things to guesswork, your vision will not be realized. And that's not how I get down. I am very, very specific on how things are placed, where things are going, how everything is supposed to fit. Because that's how I, because if it's in my brain, that doesn't mean my artist can see what's in my brain. I need to be as specific as humanly possible so that the artist can literally just draft my brain. So after we got all that and we were producing the first issue and all that stuff, I was like, yes, yeah, look, I was like, look, I'm gonna go ahead and try to pitch this um, to, uh, who did I pitch it to? Art, I think Antarctic Press. I think I pitched the Antarctic Press, I think the first time and some other people got denied left, right. I'm like, huh, I'm gonna have to make my own company. <laughs> and that's when I uh, produced, there you go, Brutal Playing Comics. That's when I, I created it. I was like, yep, I'm gonna make my own and I'm going to uh, produce my own work and direct my own work and self-publish all my own work and so i don't have to worry about having denial letters thrown in my face and all that other nonsense i said yo i'm gonna do it and grind it out myself and then um i reached out to um one of my uh, comic uh comic shops that i frequent i was like hey i said hey look i'm releasing this new issue hey will you host me they were like oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, come on over. And we made a whole event out of it. We made a whole event of my first issue being released and it went over, oh man, oh man. I sold so many copies of the first issue and um, signed a whole bunch and like kids came. It was, a, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing this. This went over really, really well. Like I'm gonna keep doing it. Unfortunately, um, when I had, I had about three or four events lined up, um, for the my second issue release um, but then of course then COVID happened and then I was like oh well now what digital oh, digital I gotta figure that out now I gotta figure out how digital works now I had to go digging like okay how am I gonna market digital how am I gonna market this and I said well now I gotta start getting following on social media good lord now I gotta try to do that and build a little bit of following say hey I'm not I'm not doing print here but hey the digital is available blah 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 had a little mini digital event, you know, meet and greet on what are you Zoom and yeah Zoom and I can it was went over really well, went over real nice. Then I started teaming up with um, my uh, some of my partners at Spinwiz Comics, and now we're getting print on demand set up now. And so now it's like, hey, we're doing digital and we're doing prints. So it's like, hey, you like the hard copies, writing writing your mittens, cool. If you want them signed. I send, I send them out myself. I, I have a whole stack of them. I sign them and everything, send them out to whoever wants to sign. It's like collector's editions, whatever they like to do and just grind it out. So um, I know that was a mouthful. Uh, but <laughs> no, um, you, you answered it perfectly pretty much from start to finish. Exactly what I, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, um, it's not easy um for those that might just think about starting it of course it's not easy but nothing that's ever worth it ever is easy yeah um so so yes yeah, so for those that may have just been may have some trepidation about doing it just 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 do it just do it just plan out really well think about how where, where your end game is what your goals are strategize and get it in mm -hmm. well switching the gears a little bit how sure. has your journey been interviewing creators and reviewing I guess, various mediums for your YouTube channel, Brutal Planet Comics. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so when it comes to interviewing other creators, one, first of all, it's a good problem to have when you have too many people that want to be on your show. It's a good yeah. problem to have. I'm never short of, I'm, not, I'm never sitting there like, Oh my God, who can I get? It's not, it's not even, even close. I'm like, how can I get rid of some of these people? You know, it's like, yeah, it's I'm so like, I, sometimes I kind of hope, like, I hope they just, just don't show up. It's mean, <laughs> my day free. I mean, it, it's because it's a lot. So it's a yeah. Lot. Yeah. It's a lot, but um, it's rewarding in of itself um, because um, 
one, I love sitting down and talking to people and having having them share their craft um, because a lot of them don't share it. Um, a lot of comic writers like myself and a lot of others are introverted people. <laughs> are. Uh, that's why we have all these creative things going on in our head. We have plenty of time to sit there and talk to ourselves for so long. Uh, so, so, so for them to be like, hey, I really want to share it. I don't think it's any good. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, man, come on, come talk to me, share it with me. Um, and I'm, and I've made a platform to help my fellow creators build confidence in themselves and build confidence in their own work. Um, and that in itself is a reward. It's a reward for someone to be like, Hey, look, if you didn't ever sit there and give me the opportunity to talk about it, I may never have produced or anything like that. I was like, Hey, look, man, we're all here together. The, the indie comic scene is straight up the farmer's market. It's the farmer's market. We all come together. We all bring something different to the table. We're all working together to try to get the same goal. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and I, and I love it because like, well, usually I'm cracking up because people are telling me the stories of how they came up with certain stories and like, Oh, like, Oh, my wife did that to me that one day. And now I'm like, no, I'm writing about it. And like all these cool, cool origin things. And to hear people's journeys because everybody's journey is different. And to see like, oh, I came from this background or that background. I didn't understand how this worked or that worked. But now I'm like, hey, now I want to produce like this. Like, like it's a beautiful thing to see um, everybody's different path to it. So like, so for that aspect, I really, really enjoy it. I, just, I think, just think it's fun and it's a beautiful thing to do. Now, as far as my media uh, coverage, it's usually me just losing my mind for about 15, 20 minutes every time. I'm just absolutely losing it, going absolutely bonkers. Um, sometimes on things that are really, really cool, um, like a certain like announcement or something like a, or a new comic line that's coming out or, or an old story or even, even to like old classic. Like I, I recently, maybe a couple months ago, did a top five um, uh, comic book video games. Oh my God, I geeked out for 20 minutes straight. Like it was absolutely nonsense. And then I did a top five manga based video games. Lost my mind, lost my mind completely. Um, but then it's like tackling certain um, shows that I once revered or thought I really liked or loved. And then I'm just like, yo, I got to talk about how terrible this crap is now. And then I break down like, yo, what happened? Somebody talked to me. And, I'm, and, I, and I, 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 it, it, it's definitely therapeutic. It's definitely therapeutic for me. Um, maybe, well, last couple months, I was in a bit of a down, uh, downturn. I wasn't really feeling good about myself. Had going through some things in life and things like that, but I was able to vent a bit um, on it by doing character studies. Um, like I, I discussed uh, Qui Gon Jinn from Star Wars and how I could relate to him, and Rorschach from The Watchmen, and Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, OG Miss Marvel, not Kamala Khan, and not this other nonsense. OG Miss Marvel, the old old character, and how I could relate to her and stuff like that. Moomin Rider. And like, I, I went and talked about that type of stuff. And it, one, it's therapeutic. It definitely helps me get through the day. But at the same time, somebody else might be going through something too. And they can see like, hey, look, you know what? Like, hey, I can relate to this character. I can relate to how that works. So, so if, for me, it's therapeutic. It's fun. Um, and, I, and I get a lot of cool, fun interaction with people expressing themselves or how much they like this character or like this game or didn't like it or hate what I got to say. So, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it all works. It all works out all in one circle. That's what I just did. A circle. That's it. Yeah. So what advice could you offer? Or would you offer to other creators, whether it be they want to get into doing the YouTube stuff, they want to get into comic writing, um, they want to get into just producing any other type of con content that you wish someone would have told you when you first started oh ooh, now that's the kicker that's you got me right on the back end there it is yeah what what somebody should have told me um so far as youtube um is concerned um do it for fun that's one thing i would say do it for fun don't do it to try to go viral don't do it to try to make a bazillion dollars because you'll easily disappoint yourself. Easily disappoint yourself. Do it for fun. Do it because you're like, hey, I like talking about this. So I'm going to get up here and talk about it. And anybody else that don't like it, whatever, I'm having a good time. That's what I'll say for, for YouTube. That's one um, uh, advice I would definitely give. Because YouTube careers are 
far and in between. Um, but if you're doing it for fun and this is a passion of yours, do it. If the money comes, the money comes. But do it because you love it. Now, as far as the writing game, now definitely some advice I wish someone gave me was um, finding people because no man, no man's an island. You heard the expression, no man's an island. Finding people that really want to legitimately help you on your journey is slim, slim. Um, and I wish I was told that um, early on because like me, uh, well, me, I'm a pessimist by nature, but, but like when it comes to me trying to get things done, sometimes relying on other people, they'll drag their feet there. They're like, oh, I, I got other stuff to do or whatever. But even though this thing is something so important to you, but, but, but to them, it may be just another average Thursday. Find people that not only believe in what you're doing, but are going to support what you're doing, especially in the comic industry, because there are a lot of highs and lows when it comes to this, because there's going to be, I can tell you, matter of fact, I had a writer's block last night. <laughs> I had a writer's block last night. I sat there and started to screen for like an hour like this. I was, I, I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, who can I reach out to? And then like a buddy of mine was like, oh yeah, I can see how you, where, where you at? Like, hey, try this. Like, oh, boom, you know, but but it's far in between somebody's gonna really have your back when it comes to um writing when it comes to producing get team get a team together that you can trust and rely on and don't worry about if your work is good i promise you the first thing you ever write is going to be trash you have my word it is it is my first writings i still have them on this computer once in a while i look back at it and say this is trash Thank God I didn't produce it, but it's okay. Write trash because the more you write trash, the more refined you become tempered with the flames. And then you can actually write something that's actually really cool. So yeah. definitely don't be afraid to write trash and don't, and definitely get a team that you can trust. So throughout this whole process, not even just this process, but pretty much throughout everything that you do, right, with the YouTube, and then with travel, and then, you know, whatever it is you produce creative, uh, creatively, I should say, but then you also have your own family life, and other responsibilities that you have, do you, or have you ever gotten overwhelmed, does it ever become too much in a way, and if it has, how do you typically manage your mental well-being? Now, that. It's an excellent question. <laughs> uh, to answer your first question, does it get overwhelming? Yes, yes, most definitely does. Most definitely does. Insomnia helps. Insomnia does help to get some stuff done at night. But um, but no, but uh, mental health is extremely important. Um, and I'm only recently, honestly, understanding this, maybe in the last six months or so, uh, of the importance of mental and emotional health balance is the key um nothing is more important than family nothing is more important than family um and that's that's just my feelings my feelings is like family first everything else comes second that's me other people have different beliefs but, you know but for me i'm like hey i gotta take care of my family um but it's hard because you're trying to be a husband father whatever and at the same time you have to go to regular work or whatever the case may be. So the bills are paid and then you're trying to create something beautiful so that you can get rid of the other job. So you can focus on this full time. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And um, uh, about a year ago, unfortunately, my mother-in-law had passed away. Um, and that was a really rough time for our family. And uh, I had to pretty much stop all of my extracurricular activities um, and pay absolute attention to my wife and, you know, and everything. Um, Cause I was in, I was elbow deep in a lot of stuff. Cause I had this diabetes diagnosis, all this stuff. So I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm back doing jujitsu. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm back doing all types of stuff so I can get my health together while at the same time trying to produce all this work while working full time. 
then I had I had to stop. I just had to stop. I was like, I said, there's no way I'm gonna be able to take care of my wife and take care of the house. And especially on my wife at this point, because good grief, you know, everything else had to be put on hold. And that's where I had to start learning balance because you can't do it all. You can't do it all. Um, priorities, priorities, priorities are important. Um, and at that point in time, my priority, of course, was to my family um, to make sure that, you know, everything's on the up and up because I can't be here being passionate about all my work and all that stuff while somebody's crying in the other room. You know, it, you know you, it's not, it's not, it's just not the way it is, but it is a struggle. It's a struggle um, to, to balance it in the proper way. Um, but once you discover how to, I don't want to use the term do it all, that's not really it. But once you discover like, hey, this is the time I've allotted for my work. This is the time I've allotted for my family. This is the time I've allotted for X, Y, and Z. Scheduling. Scheduling is key. And do not break the schedule. Because you break the schedule, eventually you're going to break this. Once this goes, everything else falls apart. Your projects, your regular job, family, whatever else you got going on, it all goes down the toilet the moment this starts snapping. So one thing I will say is find balance be behind your work and your family and your projects. Balance must be found. Mm -hmm. Well, my last question for you, Dre, sure. is what is your idea of success? So Ooh. I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we'll consider ourselves failures, right? Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So mm -hmm. what is your idea of quote-unquote success? That's a really good question. You on fire with these Jones. <laughs> okay. My view of success. Wow. Hmm. My view of success is more internal than external. Mm -hmm. My view of success would be, I am proud of the work I've produced. I am proud of the impact that I am attempting. I can look back and be like, hey, I did a good job with this. Like maybe everybody doesn't love it or everybody hates it, or whatever the case may be. I'm like, but I put my heart into it. I put my soul into it. I can look back at it and say, hey, this is mine. And I created it. And I can put my stamp on like, hey, you put together a really, really strong effort. If people love it, that's great too. People buy it <laughs> even better. But as long as I can look back at the things I've accomplished, the things I've done, and I can say, I am proud of me. That is where, that is where I will find my success. Okay. Um, well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about Trouble the Rhythm Within as a whole that I may have missed? Oh, 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 but you've been very thorough, oh. very thorough. Well done, well done. Um, nothing else I want to touch on except that, um, check it out. Um, everybody can check it out um, on spinwiz.com with the spinwiz app. Um, I also offer the digital issue number one for free. Um, so if you want to just, all the folks who just want to download it um, and check it out, see if you love it, that'd be dope. If you want to support it and buy some hard copies, hey, I'm cool with that too. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a labor of love. Um, I put a lot of heart and soul to. Oh, that's right. I'm wearing my shirt too. Uh, yeah. Merch coming soon. Merch coming soon. But um, it's been a it's been a labor of love. Um, definitely want to uh, um, give a shout out to the Spinwiz crew, my partners. Um, they, uh, they 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 helped me out tremendously um but yeah but as far as the comic is concerned um issue number six my god i'm producing so many of these so, yes number six drops tomorrow which will be april 8th um for digital download and print on demand 
Um, so get caught up on the other five issues. You can get them all at spendwiz.com or spendwiz app, or hit me up on all those dope social media platforms over there. If you want signed copies, let me know. Or if you want to hit me up on YouTube and talk about it, it's right there as well. Um, so any, yeah, any, any time, any place, you can always hit me up and talk to me about my comic. It's, it's everywhere. So. <laughs> All right. Well, again, I wanted to thank comics writer, producer, and fellow entertainment journalist Dre Daniels, aka The Brute, for joining us today to promote his Trouble, the Rhythm, Rhythm Within comic series, the first arc, I should say. I highly recommend our listeners to consider checking out Trouble, the Rhythm Within, and or purchase, um, would you say it's like six, the fifth or sixth? This, this, this six is coming out on April 8th. Issue six well, is April pretty much tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Today's the seventh and it's coming out tomorrow, but this episode will be out. So by the time this episode comes out, issue uh, part six should be out. So yeah, uh, if they can check out all six issues or if you want to purchase all six issues, that would be even better. Also to uh, subscribe to Dre's Brutal Planet Comics YouTube. If you, uh, they, yep, he's pointing towards it for those who don't know. Um, all of Dre's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. Again, I am K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdwork Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.